We live in a day and time where you could make money doing just about anything. And many people I know, they want more freedom in their life. They want more time to do the things that they truly love. But many just don't know how to do that. And so I have a great opportunity to bring to you one of my coaches who has helped me to learn how to turn my wisdom into wealth to create an online education business. And so if you have any interest in turning your skills, your expertise into opportunity for yourself to create the income that you desire so that you can live the life that you crave, well, this is the episode that you definitely want to tune into. Welcome to Maximize Your Brand Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another live episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. So excited that you're with us again this week because I have a great, great, great episode that you definitely want to tune into. It's not often that I have an opportunity to interview someone who I have invested in myself to have coach me. But today is one of those special days where I get to interview one of my coaches and talk to him about his program, about how he has created a level of success for himself. But more intentionally, we're going to be talking about how do you turn your wisdom into wealth and create a thriving online education business. I most recently just went through one of his programs and gained a lot of great, great information as well as education on how I can take my business to the next level because I have this earnest desire to create more of an online-based business so that I can continue to have more freedom in my life to do the things that I truly love and have passion for. And so this episode, we're going to be interviewing one of my coaches by the name of John Meese. And I'm not even going to take the time out to do a whole formal introduction because I'm going to let him share more about himself and how he shows up in the world. So let's go ahead and bring him into the room. What's going on john how are you Lucky. today i'm good thank you so much for having me here i'm i'm excited to be here awesome 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 well i always let all my guests give some level of introduction about themselves and how they show up in the world so take it away okay sure uh well i've enjoyed getting to know you over the last few months working together markeith in my program um so what i do is i help as markeith said i help smart professionals turn their wisdom into wealth. And so that's, I'm really passionate about that, about taking what you've learned in terms of the life lessons that you just pick it up every day. And you may not even realize there are people out there who would pay for that. And then turning those into scalable digital products 
Um, typically, that's some sort of group coaching or mastermind program, a book, uh, or a course. And I myself, I'm an author of a couple books, uh, Survive and Thrive, How to Build a Profitable Business in Any Economy, including this one, as well as Always Be Teaching, which is an illustrated book on how to grow your business by creating content online. And so um, that's a bit about me uh, professionally. And then personally, I'm also happily married to my high school crush. I can't say high school sweetheart because it took me six years to tell her I liked her, but it worked out. We've been married about just shy of 10 years and we've got four kids. So very rich, very full life. And my online education business is really what fuels our entire life to allow my family and I to live anywhere in the world. We just got back from nine months in Puerto Rico and we're planning our next trip. So that's a bit about me. I love, I love, I love, um, because, you know, one of the things that stood out most to me when we first started the coaching program was you sharing that you were living in Puerto Rico and, and just kind of, you know, had took your family with you as well. And you all had just relocated. I know that you originally from the Franklin, Tennessee area and you decided to move to Puerto Rico. And that was just something that made a light bulb go off for me. One, because I've always, since I've been along this entrepreneurial journey, wanted to create that type of lifestyle where no matter where I decided to live, that I still had the ability to create income. Why was that move an important move for you? Or why did you decide to move to Puerto Rico versus continuing to stay in Franklin? Yeah, well, having grown up in Tennessee, I mean, the easiest place to stay is just where you're at. And so that was kind of my default for a long period of time. Uh, even once I was full-time working for myself, my, quote, laptop lifestyle was very boring. It looked like Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, open code at the office and work. And uh, I do appreciate routine, especially with little kids. That's really important for me to protect my focus time and then protect my home time. Uh, but, I mean, my wife and I kept saying, you know what? Like, we could live anywhere in the world. Like, is this the choice we're making right now? And so... Um, we decided to start exploring kind of other places and we fell in love with Puerto Rico, bought a house there. Still right now, I have a house and two cars in Puerto Rico. Um, I don't have either a house or two cars in Tennessee. That's a whole other story. But I am renting a house in Tennessee. I currently have an office walking distance from my house. If you're watching the video, you may see one of the downsides to living this wonderful nomad lifestyle I'm talking about um, is I don't have any fancy studios or anything like that. I mean, I've just got I moved to this office a couple days ago, got internet installed two hours ago, and then I'm here uh, on this interview. So, but yeah, I can take my business with me anywhere in the world. And, um, you know, that's both exciting and also kind of overwhelming because it means there's a lot of choices. Um, but it's really important, I think, for us to be able to show our kids the world. We wanted them to have a good perspective. I have four boys and I want them to, um, you know, just see the world is bigger than their backyard. And so we're, we're still continuing that journey. Yeah, so good, so good. Love that story and love, you know, the opportunity to learn more about that. And so when we talk about this whole concept of turning wisdom into wealth, because I just want to jump right in. You know, I've yeah. been a freelance, quote-unquote, entrepreneur for full-time for the last five years. I can't believe it, but I have for the last Congratulations. five years. But I built that mainly more in a service-based uh, type of business where there were times where I did have to show up physically to do certain things. And like I said, one of my main interests in taking your program was that 
you were living the lifestyle that I desire to live. And one of my former coaches always said that when you find a coach or hire a coach, you want to make sure that they're living a life that you would like to live on the level that you want to live it on and the way that you would like to live. And so when I learned about you and learned what you were doing, I was like, that's exactly what I want to create. I want to create a location-free business and currently I don't have that. And so mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about why that was important for you to be able to create a location free business. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think of when I think of the freedom that an online education business provides you, then it typically comes in three forms. And so it's usually a combo deal of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the freedom to work when you want, where you want, on whatever you want. Yeah. And that's really the freedom that it makes possible. That was really important to me. Um, I mean, I think I came, so I come from a very poor family. I mean, like we just like, we didn't have a lot of money. Our house was falling apart. We flushed the toilet with a bucket of water. Um, we were always, my parents were always stressed about, uh, you know, what whatever bill, groceries, you know. Um, I paid for my own wisdom teeth surgery when I was like 16. You know, like I just, that like, I come from this background of like, that's so much of my backstory. And so going into business, I mean, I started looking pretty quickly at entrepreneurship as this path to break out of generational poverty. I mean, that's really the, I see entrepreneurship as a general category as the best way to break out of generational poverty. And that was good. And I stepped into that. I, I built a software space company, I built a software company, I built a coworking space company, I built a coaching company. Um, but I realized that selling my time, which most of the things I was doing were something related. There was still a heavy time investment uh, or, there, or there were things outside of my control. Again, the software company, I'm not actually a developer. So I was just relying on my business partner. You know, like there's always, there was always things that were outside of my control. And that made me really uncomfortable. I mean, candidly, just because of my background, uh, where I come from. And that's when I really fell in love with this idea of creating products. Like you said, services is like one category of how to take what you know and make money online. And it's, it's a good, honorable way to earn a living. Right. But there's limits to it built into it. And you're kind of trapped. Even when you have good clients, you're kind of trapped by that. Like you have to show up and do the work all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not afraid of hard work, but I just felt like it wasn't the best way to provide for my family mm-hmm. and be present for them. Uh, and so that's when I started going down this route of really like trying to understand products. And I give me candidly, like it wasn't like an overnight switch. I was doing both for a while. I was a fractional chief marketing officer for several different companies. Uh, while growing micro coaching program, launching courses and memberships. Uh, my first course launch though was back in 2014. And that was when I first got really hooked on this whole idea. Cause I, I, I sort of stumbled into the course world, didn't really know what I was doing, but I kept, I'm a really good student. And so I was watching what other people were doing and I was basically just learning from them and taking those templates and frameworks and use them myself. And so my little tiny list of 247 email subscribers at the time, I made $10,500 in 10 days for my first course launch and was like, what? You know, just stop it, John. Stop right there. Yeah. That is so interesting that you said you had 247 people on your email list. That is the exact number I have right now. Are you see it? It is 247 on my email list. So I, I guess I need to uh, start a launch a course and send it out so I can make my 10 grand. <laughs> yes, Neil, when I, yeah, in 2014, I had actually built that list. Uh, it was a brand new email list. Like I didn't have a lot of history with these people. It was just, it was targeted. I was very focused on 
finding problems these people had and creating solutions to that. And that's really the core of everything I do is yeah. saying, how can you create real solutions to real problems for real people? Um, in the form of an education business, that's often a course or a coaching program or a membership that helps solve a real problem. But it has right. to, there has to be a real problem to solve. I mean, you've obviously heard me talk about this, Marquise, for yeah. months now. But, uh, but like, you have to dive into like that. What is that problem? And then create a promise. That's really what you're selling. A product, especially not an education product, but in some ways, this is true for all products. Mm -hmm. It's simply a promise for a price. And so you have to get clear on like, what is the price. promise? Yeah, what is the promise of that product? Because that's really what people are buying. When you buy one of my books, you're not buying 200 pages of black and white ink on an off-white piece of paper. Um, you're buying the promise, which for like my first book, Survive and Thrive, is how to build a profitable business in any economy, including this one. That's the promise. Um, and the that's what people are buying. And so you've got to get clear first on what problem are you solving? What promise can you offer to people? And then, of course, you have to deliver. Um, but yeah, I first got hooked on that in 2014 and then uh, took a while to figure out how the business model works. But um, I've been in this full time for years now and it's been amazing for myself and my family. I think that's the next book I need to read. I believe I got that book for Probably. free in your program. I yes, I think I gave you a copy. Yeah. Go back and revisit that. And so that's great. You know, I know many people are listening and saying, you know, is that for me? Is this a millennial thing? Is this a Gen Z thing? I saw a post today where uh, someone was riding in a car. I think it was a YouTube YouTuber. They're riding in an Uber and the Uber driver was saying, yeah, those baby boomers and Gen Xers, I know they're mad because the Gen Z has figured out a way how to not do a nine to five, right? <laughs> well, it's not just for Gen Z. It's not just yeah. for millennials. As a matter of fact, when you think about experience and skill, I would say that Gen Xers would be primed for something like this and even baby boomers because of all of the experience and skill yeah. and expertise they have developed over the years. They just don't know maybe how to work the technology. So, you know, what are your thoughts around that? Is this just for the young people? I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up. I, no offense to the young people. I'm not that old myself. I am a millennial. Uh, I'm 32 as of right now. Um, so I'm fairly young and I don't know, any metric other than maybe internet years since I've been doing this business for a decade. Um, but honestly, I don't think we need another 17-year-old TikToker, you know, like doing dance videos on the beach or doing slide videos or prank videos. Like, that's fun. That's fine. I'm not, like, offended by that. But I think so much energy in the online education space goes on helping, like, young people launch courses and masterminds and stuff like that. And I just, I think that's kind of, uh, I honestly think it's a waste, but I also think it's disrespectful to our elders and the fact mm -hmm. that there are people who have spent decades building their expertise in their field and they just don't know how to sell it online. And so a lot of my focus, honestly, is helping people who have at least a decade of experience in the industry, often multiple decades. Um, many of my clients, this is an exclusive, but many of my clients are actually retiring into an online education business. Mm -hmm. And so they've worked some sort of career as a, financial advisor or as an attorney or as a therapist or whatever that might be for, you know, 30, 40 years. And they're not excited about just kind of twiddling their thumbs, but they're also done with that chapter of their life. Um, in fact, the U.S. Social Security Association uh, released a study quietly. They didn't announce this, but they released a study a few years ago that on average, um, I want to make sure I don't misquote it, 
Um, but this, the, 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 I won't quote the exact numbers because I don't want to misquote it, but the thesis of it was that they found out the sooner you retire, the sooner you die. That essentially, once you lose purpose and meaning, your life starts to wind down. Um, and so in some cases, they saw whole demographics that were dying within five years of official retirement. And that was just like terrifying because like our whole society is kind of built on this whole, you know, rainbow at the end. This is like pot of gold at the end of rainbow of go retire. But it's a it's it's a trap. It's poison. Yeah. And so I what I love is saying like, no, let's design a business that fuels your life, that you use your expertise as something that you can find purpose and meaning from and fund your lifestyle that you can keep doing forever. And so, um, yes, my favorite clients are the ones who've already spent a decade or longer in their industry and they've already learned things. Usually it's behind closed doors, maybe working one-on-one with clients, maybe in a full-time job. And now they're saying, okay, how can I take this and teach this online uh, to a broader audience? And that gets me excited because it means, honestly, I think we're building a wiser wiser world when we do that. Yeah, a wiser world as well as creating opportunity where those of us who may have not uh, planned the best for retirement, here's an opportunity where you could still have your retirement. That's true. And create income, you know, because there are people in this world who get to the retirement age and they can't. They can't retire because of, you know, inflation or whatever the situation is. But, you know, is there something that you can do that doesn't feel like work? and still create income and bring it to your house. And so let's just hop right on in there. You know, what are some of the key steps that one needs to think about and start taking in order to turn their wisdom into wealth? How do I take all this experience and get on this path? Yeah, so the first thing you have to do is you have to get clear out of who are the real people that you're serving. You know, who are those people out there, whether it's, um, you know, like, Gen X corporate professionals, or whether it's uh, uh, millennial moms, or whether it's uh, retiring entrepreneurs, or whether it's, you know, whatever that, you have to pick, first pick a people group. And these have to be real people that you know, um, that you, you, you know, some real life human beings who are in this demographic that you can get to know, spend time with. And you have to get clear on like, what are the problems that they have in their life and how can you help them solve that? Now, that's like, Obviously, that's kind of like big picture. You're going to start there, but I have to say it because so many people miss that. I mean, I work with clients who are really struggling to sell. And then we start unpacking a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, here's your target customer base. Your target customer base are um, small business owners. It's a real life story. Small business owners um, who've been running their business for at least 15 years. And they want to learn how to maximize the value of their business so one day they can sell it. And then I started digging in. I'm like, okay, why is this person that I'm working with having trouble actually selling a program to this specific target demographic? And I asked him, I was like, okay, well, let's let's pull out your phone and just like, let's pull up a couple of small business owners. And he was like, oh, I don't know any small business owners. I, I said, excuse me? He said, I don't know any of them. I don't I don't know any small business owners. They're, I don't have any in my circle. I'm like, okay, well, that's why we're not selling. Because if you have to, you have to tap into your human ability of empathy which comes from getting to know real life people and solving their problems. But yeah. so that's the first thing. Um, but then I think it's a matter of designing transformational products. I could talk if you want about specific, the types of products mm-hmm. um, we could go down that path or just like how to start maybe and, you know, and selling that. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think let's, let's stay here for a second because okay. I think that this part that you're, you're talking about has something to do with mindset as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And because I was that person to some degree where 
you know, when being challenged around, well, who's in my current sphere? Who's in my current LinkedIn or or familial or friends or colleagues that would be interested in learning how to leverage and create a profitable personal brand so that they can create the life that they crave and start their own online-based business. You know, I was going through my head like, I don't know that I know anybody who really wants to do it. I've been in business five years that none of these quote-unquote people who I know personally have ever opted in to do anything. And so how do we get past this mindset piece in order to take those steps? Well, sometimes the answer is just go to them. I mean, like, I don't think it's a crime or immoral if you don't have those people in your contacts. Sometimes you do and you just like don't see it because you're just so close to it that you don't see your target customer in your friend group. Um, but I mean, I think the next question is, okay, well, where do they hang out? Where are they mm-hmm. currently going to solve this problem? My first course launch that I told you about, I built that email list almost exclusively because I was creating a course on how to use a specific WordPress theme. It was super complicated. It was a very technical and I went to the WordPress theme support forums for that specific software, and I just started answering questions. And then I would say like, oh, if this is helpful, I'm building a new course, click here to join the waiting list. That's how I built that email list. Wow. And so I went to where the people were. Um, if you, going back to the example I mentioned before, like if that gentleman was gonna go to, find, you know, I think it may sound specific enough to say like small business owners who have least 15 years, they're looking to like maximize the value of that to potentially sell in the future. But then when I ask, okay, where do those people hang out? The answer is they don't. Like you have to get more granular. Okay, are these people that actually, that generate at least a million dollars a year in revenue per year? Okay, if that's true, there's a couple private clubs for people at that level. Um, there's EO, Entrepreneur Organization, is all over the globe. And you have to have a business, you have to be a business owner generating at least a million dollars a year in revenue before you can even join. There's other programs like that. And so that's somewhere where he could focus on going to that group and specifically get finding a way to add value to them, just offering to do some sort of free training. Um, I was just at a conference and for, and so I knew Mike, I, I did this every time I go to a conference, I go to conferences, not just for where the speakers, but usually for the people in the crowd. And often this time, because I know my target customers there. So I just went to a, a, a conference called craft and commerce. And while I was there, just talking to people in the crowd, getting to know people genuinely building relationships. And we'd be talking and I'd realize that someone was like my target customer. We just start, and I just start asking them more about their story. And then offering to chat and I filled my pipeline with leads from people at that conference. And specifically, I'm trying to remember exactly how many, I believe I sold five, either four or five seats in my current coaching program directly from people I met at that conference. And it's a $10,000 coaching program. So me spending a few hundred dollars to go to a conference where my target customer was, was worth every penny and all the time. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Sometimes you got to get clear on like, who's your target customer and where do they hang out? And then just go do that. Now, some people would say, well, hold on a second, John. The whole point here is that I want to make money while I sleep. And you're saying I have to leave my cozy home office and go travel to some conference and, you know, actually, you know, sell to people. And the answer is yes. You have to do the stuff that doesn't scale first before you can build something that scales. And um, Mm, that's good. Yeah. I mean, Paul Graham from Y Combinator, he's really the one who said he says that to startup batters who are raising millions of dollars. And they're talking about, okay, how are we going to launch? And he always tells them the same advice. Do things that don't scale. Start by making one sale to one customer on a Zoom call. And no, it doesn't scale, but you have to do that to refine what you're selling, um, to get to refine the product, to get to know the target customer. Because you want to avoid 
I mean, startups, unfortunately, are just a graveyard full of companies that didn't get to know their target customer, and they just raised a bunch of money and launched big campaigns, and it just failed. Um, Markeith, are you familiar with the story of Juicero? Maybe I may have told you about this one before. Are you familiar with it? I don't think so. So it's a startup company. You can look them up. Uh, they raised, um, I believe it was over $100 million in funding. It was a lot of money. And they launched, this was probably at least 10 years ago now. Um, and they launched this big, giant machine that goes on your counter at home. And it was called the Juicero machine. And they said, look, the future is green. Everybody on the planet is going to be drinking green smoothies for breakfast all the time. And so that's where we're headed. And so we're going with, we're building a $600 giant machine. That was their core product. So you buy this machine, you put it on your, on your kitchen counter, and it makes green smoothies. Well, how does it make green smoothies for you? Well, you have to buy protein packs from Juicero. And the protein packs cost like $10 or $15. And it's this like squeeze pouch type thing. You put it in the Juicero machine and it like squeezes it out and mixes it up with some water and gives you this like beautiful, you know, green juice for breakfast. Only one problem. Um, Bloomberg bought a, one of these machines uh, and then said, hold on a second. And they took some of the $15 protein packs and they squeezed them in a cup and then mixed it up with water and a spoon and had the same exact result. And so they wrote this article about this saying like, hold on a second. This machine doesn't really do anything. It's just a $600 machine. It's not actually, it doesn't actually solve a problem because you don't even need the machine in the first place. And understandably, sales plummeted. The company ended up going completely bankrupt. And now you can buy little keychains at the Juicero machine just to commemorate uh, how horrible that startup launch was. Stuff like that happens all the time. And it's because they didn't do the stuff that doesn't scale first. Mm, they didn't do the stuff that doesn't scale first. And so as I'm listening to this and I'm the person who's, okay, I'm ready to jump in. I'm understanding what John is talking about, but I don't know that I have the expertise. I don't know that I can really help anybody I don't know what it is that I know that somebody would want. How do I get past that? Well, it may be helpful that I have four children. This may be one of my benefits of having four children is I'm constantly reminded of just how much I know that they don't know. Because um, there's basic things that my seven-year-old, six-year-old, three-year-old, and three-month-old just don't know how to do. Um, and so I'm constantly reminded of this. And so I think the first thing I would just encourage you is that like the goal is not really, you don't have to be the Nobel Prize winning, gold medal winning, peak, in your industry to create something useful online. You just have to look at your life experiences and I try to break things down. You know, when I say they like turn wisdom into wealth, I try to break wisdom down into a combination of two things, knowledge and experience. What do you know and what can you do? What have you done? And those two combos really form wisdom. And so it can be as simple as uh, looking over your own, you know, past your history and your free time or your professional time and just making a list of what, what things have you done? What things have you learned? Right. Um, sometimes it's helpful, and this is why it comes back to the target customer, to just sit down for coffee with somebody who's maybe kind of vaguely interested in what you do, but doesn't, and just like, just say like, hey, it'd be really helpful for me if you just ask me questions. And really quickly you learn what, because they're going to ask questions. You're like, well, that's obvious. Because the curse of knowledge is that the more you know, the harder it is to remember what it's like to be a beginner. And so that's why you have to spend time with amateurs to actually get to know what the, gap is essentially between what you know and what they know. I mean, like, I mean, Mark Keith, right now we're doing, we're, we're on a podcast using Ecamm live with a fancy zoom setup. Like there's so many things right now that are going on that yeah. the majority of the people on the planet have no idea. No idea. Have yeah. No idea how this works. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the first thing. Uh, 
one of the things that I love to look for, you can't always do this, but one of the things I love to look for is just like, what are people asking you? Like, you know, I, 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 I was resisting for a while being like the online course guy, but then I started thinking back to like, okay, the last time some like distant acquaintance reached out to me out of the blue. And it was like the last like five times that it was like, you know, somebody from college or somebody I knew from a job three years ago or whatever. And it was almost always someone saying like, hey, I'm thinking about launching an online course. What do you think about this idea? And they were, and, and uh, I didn't think of anything of it at the time, but I, or people, sometimes it was a book launch, whatever, but people reach out to me about these things. And I realized like, oh, this is how I'm perceived. And I started just leaning into that a bit more. Um, so that's something else. But like, what are the, what are the annoying things that your friends or family ask you to fix for them is a good litmus test for, you know, what are you actually really good at? That's good. That's good. Woo. There's so much information that we can't pack it all in. Of course. But as we were, you know, talking about turning wisdom into wealth, you were about to lead into before I kind of delved into the mindset stuff around, you know, types of products and things that people can create after they get past some of their mindset things and decide, okay, they're going to take the leap, make the journey. You know, now what type of products can I create from my experience, from my skills, from my expertise that would be appealing for people to purchase? Yeah. So you really only need three core products. Now, of course, we're going to fast forward to like your completed business. You don't have to build all three at once. I just want to say that up front. But you really only need three core products, your gateway product, your membership product, and your flagship product. Now, a gateway product is a painless purchase, something that allows someone to kind of come into your world to get a taste of what you have to offer, to get some sort of value in their life, uh, and to become a customer who can engage in other, purchase other products that you sell. A book is probably my favorite example of a gateway product. It's, you know, typically about 10 bucks, and it's uh, really, really high value. Um, but it's something that it doesn't cost someone a lot of money to get um, a lot of, to learn a lot from that, um, to become wiser for it, more effective, and solve a problem in their life. But you could also have a low price course or workshop. Um, and I say low price, it's relative to the other products. So I have gateway products that go all the way up to $500 and we're from, you know, five to $500 is a good price range for a gateway product. But essentially a one-time purchase is typically pretty painless for your, for your customer. A membership product is something that allows you to provide ongoing support and value to your target customer and in exchange receive revenue in terms of automatic recurring monthly or annual payments. Recurring revenue is awesome for membership sites, um, but we'll come back to the button, I guess, in a minute. There's a lot of downsides to membership sites, too. And I say that as someone who's launched six-figure membership sites, who's scaled seven-figure membership sites, I love them, but there's some downsides, too. The third category, the flagship product, this is sort of your all-in total transformation. Like, what does it look like for someone to really, essentially, to apprentice them, to, to get the best of your inside and knowledge? So, Markeith, you've been through my flagship program, the coaching program that you went through, um, is um you know a three month coaching program focused on helping you launch your own flagship product and scale that mm. and it's kind of meta because my flagship product's about flagship products but the point is um that itself is my my best training my best content it's where most of my energy goes it's also where most of my revenue comes from um but a gateway product is a phenomenal way to grow an audience where you're not just building an email list you're building a customer list right um and so I love using creating a flywheel where every dollar of revenue that comes in from a gateway product is immediately reinvested into getting more customers. And that just creates this natural virtuous cycle. Uh, so just, there's a lot of ways to do that. The most simplest example I can share with books is that 
I don't make much money on my books, but what money I do make immediately goes back into Amazon ads to sell more books. And so I'm never like paying the bills or the groceries with my book money. It's just helping me sell more books because the goal of that is just to get more customers. Right. So um, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. I Can I share a little bit about the, the most common mistakes people make though? Because I think that might yeah. be helpful. Well, go through those three again, those three yeah. types of uh, yeah. products. Yeah. So gateway, membership, and a flagship. Now, from a customer's perspective, once you have a completed business, that's probably the typical journey is they buy a gateway product and then they upgrade to buy a membership product and eventually they might buy your flagship product, but only a small percentage of the customers ever do. Um, but the reality is if you're building this from scratch, I recommend you actually start with the flagship first. Mm. What I've seen, I've seen a lot of people, the kind of natural human instinct is like, oh, if I'm going to start an online education business, let me start by coming out with a $7 book or a $25 workshop or $50 course. $100 course. Um, but the problem with that is, is that there it's really a volume gate. To make any sort of meaningful amount of revenue, you have to sell a lot of them. Right. And so you end up stuck in this cycle where you're at the bottom and you don't have any traction and you end up you know, working really, really hard to sell your gateway product and you suffer death by a thousand eBooks where at the end of a year or two of just like slogging away, you've made $7,000 and you go, wow, that was really hard. I don't want to do that again. Um, and so that happens a lot is people, the death by a thousand eBooks. And the second mistake people make is they start with a recurring revenue product. Um, and that's where you get into what I call death by membership madness, that the minute you start a membership product, it sounds nice to have automatic recurring revenue, but the problem is it's actually, it was, it's a problem and an opportunity, but in today's market, we have subscription fatigue. I mean, we're, you're subscribed to Netflix and Disney plus and HBO, sorry, max and X. Twitter blue, whatever, you know, like you're subscribed to so many things in everyday life that, um, there's people are reluctant to add another one to the list. And so you have to overcome that when you sell a subscription product. And the problem is though, the first time you sell one subscription to your membership product, now all of a sudden you owe the full experience. And so your membership site is upside down, just like you can get upside down in a house where you owe more than it's worth. That's how memberships start. And so that's also a volume game. With a flagship product, if you're charging maybe $2,000 for a 60-day group coaching program, for example, if you get five people to say yes and buy that, and you give them the best of your training, your knowledge, and expertise, that's $10,000 in your pocket. That's a meaningful amount of money from a small amount of people. Um, and it also gives, allows you, even more importantly, it allows you to collect amazing case studies and testimonials of people who have gone through your program and seen those results. And that's what's going to allow you to sell your other products, candidly. It's, just a, it's the proof of people who've taken your advice. So I have a huge fan in selling your flagship first and then your gateway and finally your membership. But if you follow that sequence, if you follow the way that I teach, um, then you could actually build a seven-figure school where you're building a million dollars of revenue from those three core products with just those three core products. And I've seen that over and over again in totally different industries. Um, so I think it, it works pretty well. Amazing, amazing. So are you ready to create your million dollar online education business. Hey, I want you to type in the comments and let us know. Yes, yes, because it is possible by following the things that John is talking about. I believe I'm on my way. I believe that I'm going to follow that model, you know, but you have to do the work. You have to do the work. I want to end uh, today's episode with this, John, and that is you got to talking about pricing. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes that's a mindset thing too. How do we really learn how to price our flagship gateway, so on and so forth, you know, because a lot of people have challenges sometimes with pricing things according to what the value is that they provide. Yeah. And they have a tendency to think the cheaper, the better, um, or the more people will be willing to buy. But I was reading just the other day, a, a young lady was sharing how it wasn't until she went more premium that she really started to have more buyers than when she was trying to sell things less expensive. Mark Keith, I'm going to ask you a question to answer your question, which is <laughs> just entertain me for a second. And just, uh, uh, I want you to pretend like you just got some bad news and you actually have to have a pacemaker installed in your chest um, to keep your heart moving. And it's going to happen this Friday. So really soon you're going to get a pacemaker installed. You have two choices. Do you want the $50 pacemaker or the $5,000 pacemaker? I want the $5,000 pacemaker. Exactly. You know nothing else about it except for the price. But when it matters, right? When the problem that, that this product is solving matters, you want as the best you can afford. So, so much of pricing comes back to the core question of what problem are you solving? Because if you're solving a problem that is not, I mean, obviously not everything's life or death and you should, you don't, you don't need to exclusively solve life or death problems. But if the problem you're solving is not important to someone, then of course it's hard to go up the price. And of course, it's hard to price pre price a premium accordingly. Um, I will say one of the, um, in, in my book, Survive and Thrive, one of the frameworks that I get into there for pricing, I guess I covered in both my books, um, is what is my favorite framework for pricing, but it's, it's still as much art as science. Like there's no strict formula for pricing, but it's, I try to create a product that has a 10x return on investment, which means that if I'm going to do something for someone where I'm going to, I mean, obviously it's probably simplest math and financial products. So if I'm saying, hey, I'm going to help you earn $100,000 then I feel really good charging $10,000 for that. And the person who goes through that experience actually walks away and takes action on that and gets those results. They're going to be grateful for it too. And so it's a win-win. Everybody walks away happy. Um, now, obviously there's a lot of things. If you're not in a financial, if you're not either helping people, you know, make money or save money, uh, then the math isn't as explicit, but the math is still there. You could still dive into, like if you're helping solve a marriage problem or a fitness problem uh, or whatever that might be for someone, get clear on like, okay, what is the, what, what are, what are, what alternatives are they currently paying for to not solve this problem? Or maybe to try to solve this problem, whether that be therapy or, uh, you know, fitness programs and personal trainers, things like that. Or, and, the, and then the other question is what's the cost if they don't take action? Hmm. You know, what's the cost if they don't, and that, cause that's a cost that's often overlooked. It's like, what's the alternative if someone does not take action, right? What happens now? If the answer is, if they don't take action and they don't mind my product, nothing happens. Then build a better product and solve a more important problem is the first thing I would say. But going back to the marriage example, if the alternative is that there might be some sort of situation of like divorce, well, that cost is astronomical. I mean, there are strict financial costs in terms of like attorneys and just like the fallout <coughs> of a divorce, the cost of therapy for yourself and your children. But there's also just the fact that like a marriage is broken and gone forever and it's priceless. And so whatever it is that you're doing, you got to get clear on like, what is the, what is the alternative? And that should help you figure out some sort of ballpark dollar value and then say, okay, I can charge 10% of that. Now for a flagship product, I do recommend a starting price of $2,000. So everything I just said, let's put that aside for a second and say, okay, that means you need to solve at least a $20,000 problem. 
to charge $2,000, but that's my starting price typically for flexure products. Wow. Well, this is just a little taste of how to build a thriving online education business. But John, I want you to, before we leave, share a little bit more about your two books. Which one should we get first? And then share a little bit more about yourself or how we can stay uh, in contact with you. Thank you so much. Well, the first place I recommend you start is actually, I have a free crash course. So it's a seller smarts crash course on how to turn your wisdom into wealth by building a thriving online education business. So everything I talked about today, but in more detail with resources and templates, you just go to sellyoursmartsonline.com. You get 100% free access to that. And in there, I also walk through and do introduce you to my books um, when they're relevant. I'm explaining like, this book is good for this, this book is good for this. So honestly, I'd recommend you start there if you're not sure which book to get, because I'm going to walk you through specific exercises in that free training. And you'll know, okay, if you need help and you want to go deeper here, buy this book. Um, so I'd recommend actually just start there. SellYourSmartsOnline.com. SellYourSmartsOnline.com. And then, of course, you have your programs. And hopefully, I can get an affiliate link and people, I could send people to your program and maybe make a little commission. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll sort something out. We'll, we'll sort something out. But yeah, if you want to know about my flagship product, my four premium coaching program, then ask Mark Keith and he'll introduce us and we'll take it from there. Because I only take on 10 clients at a time. So it is. Fairly exclusive, but I'm happy to work with the right people. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, John, I want to thank you again for joining us on the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Such valuable information. I've learned even more uh, today, even during the interview, and you know, to reinforce all the things that I learned in the program. So hopefully those of you who are listening, you will take advantage of going to the website that John mentioned and to learn more about how you can create your own thriving online education business, just leveraging your skills, your expertise, your experiences, so that you can live the life that you crave. For those of you who are joining for the very first time, we want to invite you to subscribe to the Maximize Your Brand podcast. You can go to Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast. We would love for you to subscribe and join us. Also, those of you who are ready to take your brand to the next level, I have a free PDF checklist. All you have to do is text MAXIMIZE to one 640 5632 and get my brand checklist, the seven stages to shift your brand. This will help you to start thinking about how you want to create your personal brand so that you can leverage it to create your thriving online education business as John was sharing today. And so thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Always excited that you join me, take the time out and to listen. But until next time, just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care. <laughs>